This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. G'day, I'm James Baldwin and welcome to Oz F1. It's great to have your company here for another recap episode, this time for the Portuguese Grand Prix in the Algarve. Well, what a couple of opening laps they were. Hey, Carlos Sainz getting past Max Verstappen, Valtteri Bottas and Lewis Hamilton. But of course, it ended up, as it always does, with a Lewis Hamilton victory, this time claiming his 92nd race win. Unbelievable stuff, really, from a fantastic driver. Now's a good time to mention too, to join us on Discord. We've only jumped on in a couple of weeks ago and we are opening up an insight into what we talk about as three presenters through the race. All of the details you'll find below and please consider subscribing if you're watching us on YouTube and don't forget to leave us a review or reach out to us via Instagram or our website or on Facebook. All of those details are also below. So stick around for this episode as we go through the team by team analysis as we always do. We also talk about Haas and how how those two new seats opening up might shape the driver market for 2020 round. Certainly lots of juicy stuff. So let's get into it. And I'm joined as always by people who were previously my friends uh, and people who are still the boys. It's my friends and yours. Tommy T, Thomas J. Camp, Cat potentially known always as Campy and never as Tom. Boys, g'day to you. Lads, how are we? Oh, I'm knackered. Yeah. Oh. Oh. I'll tell you what, oh. being in Australia is rough to watch this bloody sport. There's so many times where I was so close to turning off and qualifying because of these bloody drains. I was like, it's not going to be solved in the half drains. an hour, surely. Oh, no. Surely. It was a long slog. But, boys, what do we think of Portugal? This is a track that should replace Sochi at least oh. and Abu Dhabi and Bahrain for next year. I said year. it to you earlier in the week, James, and it's probably one of the funnest tracks when you're playing Online, like when you're playing Forza yes. or whatever game you're playing, you're not playing. It is always twenty. Definitely not. Uh, it's always. You don't play video games. <laughs> Mind games, though. Oh yeah, it is. It's genuinely a fun track. There's so much. Like just watching as well, you can see a lot of elevation change, some crazy corners. It's cool. It was. It was good to watch. Yeah, genuinely, yeah. and the races. Um, all the drivers are telling you all the time that there's parts where you can't see the track, so you just throwing it in and hoping it sticks. Yeah. And that's what we like to see. And we saw a lot of mistakes and lockups all the way through the weekend oh. as a result of that, which is which is P1. awesome to see. P one was horrid. Yeah, talk to oh. talk to us about P one Campy. Didn't you guys watch it? No, no. We did. Uh, but what are your thoughts of it? <laughs> well, I think there was a hundred between the three practices, there was hundred and seventy five um 
track times deleted <laughs> due to going over track limits, which is the most I think we've ever had. They used to actually do a paper report for every va- uh, violation done, but they wow. gave that the flick this weekend. Here's <laughs> this gigantic <laughs> folder with it's basically Grosjean and Stroll and Kvyat and then others. Yeah, brand new circuit. It's only been down for about a month, which means all the oils are still coming out of the tarmac. Uh, when they laid the bitumen and flattened it all out, and it produced some. You know, we saw lap one of the race. It produced some <laughs> exciting racing. Oh, yeah. And because the temperatures, they couldn't warm them up, and Kimmy Rockin' and that guy just nailed it. Oh. Oh. Yeah. I've got to say this now before I forget, and it, I said this on Twitter as well. I saw this comment the other day, yesterday, about how we're going to talk about this in just a second. You know, obviously, Hass has announced that there's two open seats for 2021, and someone said that Kimi Raikkonen needs to get out of the way to let someone like Callum Eilat through because, inverted commas, he's had his time, right? I almost, I was like, this is what's wrong with 2020. I almost forgive Daniel Andrews for his comments yesterday (laughs) compared to Mm. this kind of attitude. And then what does he do? He mega bloody stars it all the way through the first lap of the race, going from P17 to P6, like a gun. (sighs) Like just an absolute mega, mega driver. And in his comments after the race, he was looking around at the other drivers going, what are they doing? Because he's got that, so yeah. much talent and skill. He's like, I got this. I got when this. He, when he has a car with an engine under him, like last year, the, particularly oh. the first half of last oh, year, yeah. he was uh, he was there. he was my driver of the uh, first half of the year last yeah. year because he did those things consistently when he had a car underneath him. Mm, Unfortunately, this weekend he just dropped back as everyone turned their yeah, turned yep. their tires into the operating uh, temperature or window yep. and moved shuffled back where he probably belongs in that car, which is a shame to see, we don't want to see it, but yep. what a great first 20 laps. Oh. And our speculation about him finishing up at the end of this year wasn't because he wasn't good enough. We mm. just felt he wasn't interested. If he wants to see, he can bloody have it as long as he wants it because he's still going to be better than any of those young kids coming up. The first 50-year-old in Formula One. Big time. <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah. And then he's racing his son. Imagine that. Oh, oh. That'd be the best. Oh, that would be so good. But he even came to uh, Instagram and, and posted that first lap and he said, uh, I had fun. You know, that's the most I think he's ever written on Instagram for a post. You know, it's not that he just turned up. And, oh. But this is the thing, right? It really frustrates me that someone like of his caliber is not in something like a Racing Point or a Renault that is punching towards the top of the mid-pack, right, and, and would be able to see that kind of result and then hold that place all the way through to the end. Someone like Sergio Perez, who's, who's done a, a fantastic job this weekend. All right, boys, before we talk about the race itself, as I said, we're going to talk about what's going on with the driver market because it's, it's happened all over again. Uh, we had oh. before racing started, we had obviously Carlos Sainz and Danny Rick and Seb Vettel was going somewhere. Now that Seb is confirmed to go to Aston Martin next year, uh, it's left Perez wide open to go basically to two seats and that's either Red Bull or three seats, I should say, Red Bull, Haas or Williams. Now Haas has just announced that they are letting go of both K-Mag and Grosjean, which means uh, there's only five more races where data is going to be collected by Roman Grosjean before Ericsson hits him out of Formula One full time. <laughs> That'd be great to see them crash together again for the last race, wouldn't it? Got to do it. Why the hell oh. not? Uh, but it's, it came as a bit of a surprise because it only really came out uh, the week before they announced that uh, K-Mag was also going, boys, when we were chatting a couple of weeks ago uh, for the last Grand Prix, we we kind of said, or we said for the last couple of podcasts, that Grosjean's going. He was making kind of noises. He's even said this weekend he's looking at Formula E, but we thought that Kevin Magnussen would stay around. But 
you know, he's come forward and said, well, I don't, I only bring myself. I don't bring any money. And mm. for Haas, someone who, you know, is probably struggling with this whole downturn, especially in the US and, and the manufacturing side of what they do over there, are looking probably for more sponsors. And when you've got someone like William Story as your last sponsor, I kind of can't blame them, but it was a bit of a surprise. So boys, let's go through Haas right now. Your predictions, Tommy T, first of all, if you wouldn't mind, who <sighs> you think is going to take the Haas seats for 2021? I think Hulk. Yep. For me. Yep. I, I think Checo's probably going to go Red Bull, and uh-huh. I thought that for a little bit. Yep. I think Hulk probably to Haas, and I wonder, I don't know, I think it's probably going to be Mick Schumacher. If someone's going to go, keep him in a Ferrari. I don't know. There might be a juggle between Mick going to the Alpha. The Alpha It's Romeo. interesting that you said that. Because one of there might be a shuffle between him and Giovinazzi. Maybe he might switch that up. There's going to be two. I think he's going to end up in a Ferrari powered car. Yep, interesting. Now, I just want to mention this as well. It looks like over the weekend that Alfa Romeo have confirmed, not officially, but they're going to keep their current lineup of Giovinazzi Mm, and Raikkonen, which is great. I don't care about Gio, he can go. And I kind of yeah. rather Schumacher to go underneath Raikkonen. But so to, to say that, I think you're right. Um, what about the the paid side? Because uh, Hulk doesn't necessarily bring a lot of uh, cash like Perez does in, in the form of Telcel, his major mm-hmm. sponsor for most of his racing career. What about Mazepan? Because he's... The Russian billionaire. <laughs> Nikita uh, isn't doing the best in Formula 2, but we've seen people in the past step up to Formula 1 unnecessarily because of the money they bring. Lance Stroll, as an example. Nicholas Latifi, as an example. Basically, anyone who's raced in Williams for the last five years, as an example. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But but really, uh, I don't think he deserves it over someone like Mick Schumacher. And look, Callum Mylott's done a good job. but uh, Mick will bring some cash. Schumacher will, Schumacher will bring so much more than just cash, right? He brings oh, yeah. gravitas. He brings a name. He brings respect from the paddock mm. already. Um, but so I think I think you're right, Tommy, in terms of the Schumacher side being either, either one or the other, right? He's going to yeah. either be an alpha or Haas, but looks like Giovinazzi's staying. Uh, Campy, your thoughts oh. for, for Haas next year. So we've got Hulk and Schumacher for Tommy T. What do you think? Look, I'm not going to get in predicting what goes on at Haas because I really don't really care if I'm 100% honest. <laughs> This is what needs to happen. Oh, right? no, Tell us seat- what needs to happen. No. Yeah. There is seats on the table at the moment. We've got yep. a seat in Red Bull. We've possibly got a seat opening up at Williams for um, Sergio Perez and kicking um, George Russell out. We've definitely got a couple of seats at at Haas and maybe another one here and there that Alpha Tauri catches us off guard. Now, this is what needs to happen to everyone. We need to get rid of the duds, and I'm talking about Gasly, Kivya, and Albon. They've had Gasly's the chance. not going anywhere, you <laughs> <Yeah>. lunatic. <laughs> I'll just throw him in there because he's my whipping boy. <laughs> but we've got, some, we've got some genuine duds in this sport. Lance Stroll is one of them. He's not going to preach that. Well, we need to get rid of good. We've ticked K-Mag off the box. We've ticked Grosjean off the box. Great yep. result. We need to get rid of Albon. We need to get rid of Kvyat yep. and Giovinazzi. That leaves five or six spots that are open. Now, of the drivers that are, deserve a drive-in and should keep their drive-in F1 at the moment, we've got your Hulks and your Perez's and your George Russell. Why Williams would get rid of George Russell next year for a bit of money from Checo is the dumbest decision of all time, but it still opens up a seat at Red Bull. And if Red Bull don't take George Russell, 
They're dumb. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just, just quickly on Williams. So yes. you've got a new investor that comes in is already broke. What the hell are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's talk about Williams, as you said, because George Russell came out and, and refuted a lot of these claims at the moment. So first of all, he said that it's people from Sergio Perez's camp trying to put pressure on Red Bull by putting out or leaking information about Williams, Ooh, right? Smart. 100%. Now, George has come out and said, well, why would an investment company with a lot of money that's paid off everyone's debt and has got money to do the operating expenses then be worried about looking for more money, right? This this is a capital company that will be able to attract more sponsors and they've already got a paid driver in, in Nicholas Latifi and he's not very good. So you've got George Russell, who is very good and is doing amazing things. He's, he's going places in the future and it would be a travesty for him to miss out. It's not like Ocon where he missed out and people are like, oh no. And then <laughs> oh, he's come back and he's pretty average. Well, like, I was one of those people, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah, you were. Now look uh, what's happened. What have you done? Don't listen to anything I say. Anyway, my point uh, is, you know, it's... Well, we have a podcast. <laughs> we're just hashing our ideas out. It's not biblical truth. I don't if know. We've been pretty good said, yourself. If you ask me what I said three podcasts ago, I'll be like, what? I actually said that? You idiot. Who is this dickhead? <laughs> people say that about That's you That's a new often, segment. We just start oh, reading totally. that Candy's own predictions. <laughs> I'll see if I'm profit for a while. I got it right for about two weeks, and that yeah, was it. Not bad. Yeah. I'm a dud. Get rid of me. Get rid of him. Uh. But I think you're right. So George Russell, though, I think he stays at Williams because the other thing that we're talking about. So yes, Perez has been linked to Williams, but that's only from his camp. There's nothing from mm. Williams leaking the other way. So that opens up Red Bull and the conversation around why Perez is better suited than Hulk to go into Red Bull. Firstly, they're losing a major sponsor in Aston Martin because obviously they're going to Aston Martin. Secondly, he's current on the grid. As much as Hulk is current, Perez is more current. And he brings a whole range of experiences of being able to get up and close and personal with someone like Max, for example, even racing in a pink car. Now, we saw this weekend, they came together. Okay, bit of an issue. But there was no... uh, like. I didn't see this, but it wasn't like when Stroll and Max collided where there was a whole lot of hatred on the radio very suddenly. It's, whereas when Max and Perez collided, I think, you know, Max at the end of it at said... the end was very was like, oh, he came across and, you know, he kind of spun himself out. And that was it. But there wasn't yeah. like a, any digs on the radio. So I think there's more of a respect there because of his experience. Now, Campy, you said last time around that Perez really didn't have his ability to shine in McLaren because it was just too early for him. It was kind of like Kevin Magnussen. Well, it's the same as Kevin Mag, but it's the same as what we're seeing with Gasly and Albon when they've got right. the drives at the top seat too early. And these yes. guys like Verstappen's and your Ricardos are going to step into those seats. doesn't matter when they do. They're just going to excel as soon as they step in. Yeah. But these younger drivers need a bit more tender, love and care. Um, whereas, yeah. So, Like Gasly? <laughs> well, like Gasly and Albon, and emotionally yeah. they're taking a toll as well. Totally. I mean, yeah. you see the way Albon's walking around the pits. I feel sorry for the guy. I wouldn't want to be him at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. But that's yeah. – that, at some level this is the sport in which we live in and you just yeah. have to deal with those totally. things. Yeah, I've got, I've a, got a comp here. Hear me Go on. out. Go on. What if Sergio Perez can get to Red Bull and he frames himself as the next Rubens Barrichello? And he kind of goes Ooh. to be that top of the top second driver. Like that's kind of what VB is heading for at the moment, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Not because he wants to, but if Perez can never get that top drive, he's never going to get that top top drive. Unfortunately, I think he's left it too late in his career. If he can just finish out, get a lot of race starts, get a lot of stuff, and be the next Rubens, that could be a very interesting way for Checo to keep himself relevant. Let's talk about why 
we either Hulk or Perez because the whole paddock is kind of talking about Hulk or Perez, right, for this seat. Let's well, talk well, about throw George in there if Williams is going to throw George out. Then yeah. you've got two teams that had the opportunity to grab George Russell. I don't think George will ever go to William uh, to outside rather of a Mercedes team. I don't uh, let him. He, here's my point: Why though, Campy? Yeah, as much I, as he's a great it. driver, my point is. Max Verstappen is not currently being pushed, right? And Helmut Marco no. came out this week and said, the gap between Alex and Max is sometimes a good distance and sometimes a not so good distance. As in, there's quite a long so way between tens, cars, right? Oh, good. <clears throat> he's got two weeks. Sorry, he's got about two races to prove himself, including this weekend. When's it been we a didn't. good distance? Uh, well, he's look. He's finished in the top six, seven. Well, he's you know he's had a podium as well. So he's finished up towards the front. Whilst she other people have been, on. yeah, he got lucky, but he's still finished up there. But You're my in the point second is, best car, and he can't finish in the top right. six. So he finished twelfth this weekend. Disappointing. Like he dropped back immediately. If you're in the Discord chat, g'day guys, great of you to listen <laughs> to the podcast as well. But like we were saying, yeah, you yeah. know, Albon's got not is going to drop back. You know, I was asking for who do you think is going to become is sort of third to sixth, and none of us said Albon. And funnily enough, that's not sorry. That's exactly what happened. He didn't rate there, but. We need someone who can rear gun, right? So we need a team player. We need someone who is consistent in the car. And the fact that Hulk did what he did when he just jumped in a car out oh. of nowhere is phenomenal. The fact that Perez, you know, this week was so close to finishing fifth and only because he was put onto softs instead of mediums for whatever reason, uh, faded away in the last couple of laps and was and was relegated to sevens. But <laughs> those kind of people are already up there fighting with Max at that kind of level. And even if they're 10 seconds behind him, it's still a, another 15, 16 seconds closer than what, Russ, uh, sorry, what Albon is currently yeah. uh, at. And so I think, and Christian Horner has said this as well this week, that they're going to look outside the talent pool to replace that seat for Albon. Now, the issue is if uh, Sonoda comes up into Alpha Tauri, that means Albon's Ugh. also on the market as well. Now, the reason we've said that, and I'm sorry, I'm jumping a little bit all over the place here, boys, but... The reason why Sonoda might come in is because obviously they have no engine supplier for the end of 2021 going into 2022. And they're trying to buy the IP and do a Braun GP here and buy the Honda, Honda stuff. Happy. We want to mm. keep Honda happy. So how would you do that? Getting Yuki Sonoda into the AlphaTauri seat. Now, does he deserve to be there? I don't think he necessarily does. I'm against just getting everyone from Formula 2 because they've been in Formula 2 this year, so we must promote them to Formula 1 immediately. I'm against that idea. I don't think that's that's right. Yeah. There's too many older drivers. You know, the thing of Pascal mm-hmm. Verline, who suffered as a result of not being in the right place at the right time, super talented drivers, smashing it in Formula E. The same for Stoffel Van Dorn. These guys aren't oh, haven't been afforded the opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> but you're trying to say that younger people do. Anyway, they've got plenty of time yeah. to do it. Even Mick Schumacher, you know, is he's early twenties now, so it's not like he's seventeen and being trying to be shoved into through the machine. But what do we think though? of someone like Sergio Perez next year stepping in, do we think that the gap to Max Verstappen is going to be closed? And do you think he's going to be yes. a good rear gunner? Yes. What, absolutely. Why? Why? Because he's consistently showed that he's got some pace in Formula 1. He's consistently thereabouts in a car which is not quick, which doesn't deserve to be on a podium. But the three or four races that you do get a year, um, he's consistently in those positions in order to get podiums. And that's been true throughout his whole career. Mm. Hulk is the same. Now, we said last year of Hulk that not that he, not that it was time to retire for him, but... He's just, for whatever reason in Hulk's career, he never really, just never 
never took his chances when he had them, like Germany yeah. last year. Yeah. Um, whereas Perez has taken those chances, but they're very competent drivers. I yeah. mean, put them up against against the A-tier drivers and they're not going to perform as well as what we're seeing now. But, I mean, look at the driver he's up against. He's up against Lance Stroll. He's finally got some equipment in his car, which which is on par and the top spec of all their development, and he's creaming Stroll. Yeah. I mean, these guys can drive, and they can drive competently, and they're better than these young guys. We've All we've heard about is talk, talk, talk about how good some of these young drivers are. Yes, we've got a good driver in Verstappen. Yes, we've got a pretty good driver in Leclerc. But the rest of them, for me aren't performing as the way they should. We've yeah. seen that with Danny Rick going back to Ocon. Now, Ocon was touted as the next best thing, and Danny Rick's pants him. When Danny <laughs> Rick goes to McLaren next year, he's going to pants Lando. And what we're beginning to see is that this youthful tack that F1 took for three or four years has actually got a detriment to these mm. drivers' developments moving forward. Mm. When... The ones that are at the top and still there are still performing at the top of their game. If these young kids want opportunities, they're going to have to step up to a level that they're probably not yet capable of doing at their teenage years. So that's why you take a Perez because you're going to get some money out of him. You're going to get another three to four years out of him. And he's going to be good for Max Verstappen moving forward if the championship's going to be closer next year. Um Red Bull is going to need a driver like a Sergio Perez that is picking up the points behind him, Mm -hmm. unlike what Albon's doing for the Constructors' Championship. So they're the decisions these teams have got to make. Now, if Red Bull make another one, I'm... I'm going to be seriously considering their logical thinking yeah. when it comes to drivers in their markets. We look at – sorry, I'm ranting at the moment. No, we love but, it. This is fantastic. <laughs> no, but you look at the calibre of drivers they had in their junior program four years ago. They had they had Daniel Ricciardo. They had Max Science. Verstappen. They had Sainz. Before that, they had Seb Vettel. For, those, for that team to pick up the three dud drivers that they've picked up <laughs> since then – is astonishing. Yes, they might have gambled a couple of times on a couple of young guys, but they haven't they haven't made good decisions off track in their development program for a long time. No. And if they're going to continue to promote within and take a Yuki Sonoda, which is just another because he's not performing in F two at the moment, um, that would be another dumb decision. Yeah. Take what is on offer at the best because for your best team, which is the Red Bull team. You need to be challenging for a red uh, a championship next year, whether it be drivers oh. and constructors. Don't think of AlphaTauri as your sister uh, as a, as your sister team. It's still a junior team; it's going to develop. But you got to gut it, get Gasly out, and get two new young kids in, mm-hmm. like your George Russells, or you know, if they could land a Mick Schumacher, or you know, they could Imagine fast that. track like an Ostra Piastri, Oscar Piastri, or something, mm. just so that they can restock because yep. they're trying to hold on to the poor decisions that they've made for the last five years. Yep, they have not been competitive in constructors' championships t- since Daniel Ricciardo left. They yeah. have not had a competitive two-driver lineup since. The number, well, the other drivers only had one podium. Yep, yeah, which is astounding. That's horrible. Yep. To be on the third slash second best car this year that whole time and not have more podiums is insane. And it says a lot about where, as you say, Campy, in terms of the leadership of Red Bull, we know that Christian Horner wants to be towards the front. We know that Dietrich wants to be towards the front. And if we put someone like Perez or Hulk in this car, it, 
it's also not just they're a second driver. They could well win races. They could oh. well actually fight for a championship. You know, if you put the right environment and the right car underneath someone and you give them the ability to go out and do it, and we know that Mercedes aren't developing this car anymore for next year, but Red Bull continue to do that. So that might mean that next year, you're looking at the first two steps, might not be Mercedes 1-2 or Mercedes Red Bull. They might be Red Bull Red Bull which is mm. a really interesting thought, but it's not going to be that way in its current situation. In, in saying that, though, it's not an attractive seat to go to Max Verstappen's number two. Oh, hell I yeah. I wouldn't want to be going to do it because I'm going to get beaten every weekend. I'm going to be yeah. pushed to the absolute limit of my capabilities. Yeah. We might find some diamonds somewhere, but mm. that team is fully invested in Vax Verstappen and don't care about anything else too. So mm. it's well, look, it's very interesting, and <laughs> What's I think going to happen. We'll see in the next couple of weeks. We know that yeah. uh, Christian Horner Sorry. said in the next couple of weeks that that's where the announcement's going to come out. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it's going to be Haas will go first, and then that will dictate who I think uh, will end up. I think Williams will stay exactly as they are. I think Alfa Romeo will stay exactly as they are, and I think Perez uh, will end up going across, which means however that Hulkenberg will probably miss out on a seat again which will be extremely sad but uh, anyway we'll see what, what ends up happening Let's talk about uh, the television broadcast. Now, uh, we'll put a caveat on this and say Ooh. that uh, we, one of us, who potentially <laughs> is responsible for this segment of the show, uh, didn't watch the full weekend. Who was that? Uh, was that uh, you, Campy? Oh, no, that was you, Tommy T. Okay. Uh, I, uh, well, we had a long weekend in Australia. We celebrated in a Australia. public holiday. No, in Victoria. The Sorry, rest of us got on with it. <laughs> In Victoria, was, we had a public holiday for us. It was called uh, Grand Final Eve. Mm-hmm. Which is, it was called Thank You Day. Where was, was the, it really? Where, where was that, the Grand Final? That's what these retards on Twitter tried to call it. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. Oh. Give me a break. So in case you're wondering, we've got the biggest lockdown going around. We had a day off to celebrate a sporting event that we couldn't go to that was held in a different state. <laughs> that was wonderful. Two states anyway, away. Yes. It threw me out and I didn't end up watching... Uh, I. I jumped onto Q1 about five minutes in. How then, can you uh, call yourself a podcaster? Unbelievable. I'm an amateur. And then I, I literally, because it was so late in Australia to watch, I set my alarm to turn it on just as we were starting the formation lap. So I've seen none of the broadcasts other than the race and qualifying. So so what we might I'm do yielding is to you two. rename this Campy <laughs> and James's television yes. broadcast review in brackets oh. with input from Tommy T. <laughs> I mean, oh, we look. didn't have Karoon, so it's got to be a good score. <laughs> so, yeah, we're starting at least 7 out of 10 here. Campy, let's talk about oh, look, the whole, the the whole weekend. The paddle pool. The paddle pool. We're going to talk about Ted and the paddle pool. <laughs> My goodness. If there it's is... Like, it's like their little recurring in-joke theme at at, uh, at Sky Sports F1 over there. Ted Kravitz, Crofty's just going, get in the pool, get in the pool. Ted's <laughs> yeah. like, no, no, I can't. No, I've got electrical things yeah. around me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, when there wasn't much going on on track, uh, the throw. If you if you don't watch P one, you're probably not missing out on a hell of a lot. To be honest, there's a lot of bad jokes going on. Uh, Ma- I like it. Oh, it's good. You I would, think it's good. You would. Martin oh, Brundle, I think, I think sighs the most during FP one because of Crofty trying to feel like <laughs> just speak into the void. That's why he goes for a walk and finds a corner to sit yes. at. Yeah, that's why we get 
<laughs> track review. Oh, they're, they're brilliant segments. They, they are. are and it was a brilliant segment this time around. So let's talk about uh, when we cut to Martin, uh, when Pierre Gasly's car was on fire. Oh, wow. And it was suddenly, it was coffee. is like, oh, in two seconds, Ted, probably, because he always likes interrupting Ted for no real reason. And we were just going to cross <laughs> down live to Martin and he's beside where Pierre Gasly's on fire. He's like... Uh, yeah, I was going to talk about these corners, but yeah, you can just see over there. It's like, yeah, you've talked enough to see something that just was unnecessary. Oh, now, we have to say, uh, and a big thing here in this country is we suffer under Sky Sports. Sometimes they're really great, sometimes they're very oh, average. They're good. Yeah, they're you'd good. say that. But what I really want to see is Alex, Alex Jacques. Uh, he Ooh. does all the F1 TV and F2. Um, he won't be listening to this, but shout out. I sent him a, a message via Instagram and he was uh, kind enough on, to reply. And he's, on, he's on Sky Sports F1 Italy. No, no, well, th- no, no. This is you're thinking of the other person. This is the guy who does all of the esports and the F two commentary with um, Alex Brundle, and he does oh, the F one TV. He's a dumb. So, oh, of course you'd say that. <laughs> <You're> an <idiot. laughs> no, anyway, it's really, really awesome. We suffer under the fact if you're listening to this overseas dumb. and you can watch the F one TV, oh. mate, they, their commentary is next level compared to yep. what we see. But anyway, there was no flyover that I saw this weekend. Um, but what uh, I think, I think is a solid seven out of ten. It was actually very good. Martin just absolutely crushing it because he hadn't raced on this specific layout of Portimao but raced in Portugal before. Yeah. Excellent content. Brundle's getting Karim. better, I reckon. Yep. yep. He's I'm getting real good. Big fan of Brundle. Can well, be he's, he's always been good. Yeah, but always. I think he's just finding a sweet spot now as Crofty's fading off of being a bit of a dope. <laughs> Martin's <laughs> kind of... Brundle's kind of sliding in and taking a bit more limelight. I'm loving it. Oh, it's yeah, so I, good. I like him. I think we're too critical of him at times. Wow. Wow. That's, that's what you think we're too critical of. You cynical bastards. <laughs> Take a happy pill, would you? <laughs> Where am I? What the hell oh, just happened? Oh, Sam, what's going on? Down is up. With that bit of disappointment of a segment. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to the race. Uh, boys, Ugh. first of all, I want to ask you who your drivers of the day were. And uh, here's, a, here's the thing. It can't be who the fans voted for. So it can't be Sergio Perez. Uh, Campy, who do you th- who was your driver of the day? Uh, uh, Gasly. <laughs> what? That was a genuine shock. <laughs> what? Uh, he was good. He was good. <laughs> wow. He was very good. He had some genuine pace in that in that uh, Alpha Terry. So, and... I'll give Charles Leclerc a mention. My whipping boy. Whip, whip, whipping boy. My bloody hell, you two whipping boys in what? recent times, and they're coming up. Is this right? Are you feeling like okay? acid coming down my mouth? <laughs> is it, is oh, this like when you're in primary that. school and you like treat a mean when you like a girl? <laughs> And you're just like, you don't know how to show Mate. Gasly your love, so you're just mean to him all the time? Mate, I'm 32, still playing that game. Works a trick. G'day, Brian, if you're listening. Uh, I'm going to go with Charles. I reckon he, oh, he, had, a rip, he had a ripping qualifying. Uh, he's, and he just... Here we go. He, he's good. Yeah. He had a ripping qualifying. He put that car way further than I thought it was going to be up the grid. Um, and On then mediums just, too. On mediums, exactly. Yeah. So I said it in our Discord. I was like, did uh, 
Ferrari kidnap a strategist from Mercedes or something because yeah. they actually oh, did the right yeah. thing. They're cheating. Yeah. Clearly. Oh, yeah. Something's, Clearly. something's, something's happened with out. the motor recently. But only, allegedly, allegedly. Only in one car. Yeah, the 2019 spec is only racing for the F1 FIA's side. in on it too. Yeah, Corruption. probably. They've got to help out. <laughs> what? Allegedly. You just broke, um, you just broke up there, Kevin. Let's have to say that nah, again. Genuinely impressed. I didn't, I didn't think Leclerc would be able to hang on. I, I, we said it before the race started that... He's been able to qualify that car well, but he hasn't been able to hang on in the race. But he did, so full credit. Yeah, me too. I think Charles Leclerc did a a fantastic job, and it, again, tastes like acid coming out of my mouth. Um, They're not the same car. Seb Vettel and and Charles Leclerc are not driving the same same car. car. They are sabotaging. Let's go. (laughs) Thank you for saying that with an Italian accent. Allegedly. All right, let's talk about uh, team by team, as we always do. Uh, Williams first. Um, And the guy who has his seat potentially in contention for next year, even though he's got a contract. George Russell, uh, apparently they call him Mr. Saturday. I don't really know why because he qualifies 15th and then ends up staying in 15th anyway. Um, but he, he did pretty Mr. well Saturday. in the right time. Terrible. Uh, 35 from 35 in qualifying. Oh, he's called Candy Mr. Friday because well, he doesn't get out of practice. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, that's, that, that's also a joke <laughs> on uh, Sky Sports too. That's <laughs> really... Yeah, they call him Mr. Friday. <laughs> oh, Mr. Saturday, sorry. Oh, no, that's why I said Mr. Saturday. Anyway, he came 14th yeah. and he did a he did a really decent job, uh, I think. Uh, the guy is is talent. He deserves to be in Formula 1 yeah. more yeah. than I think any of the other younger drivers do, to be perfectly fair, because he's pushing that drop, car so hard and it's really deserves to be right down the very back. Mm. When a driver gets a drive on talent and not financial backing, you know he's the real deal. If he finished two places behind Albon. There you go. If we had a safety car, he would have got a point. He was ripe for that safety car to come out from lap 30 onwards and it just didn't. We just didn't have a safety car. Unfortunately, a few of them were kind of hedging. Ocon was hedging for that strategy for sure. Yeah. He did about 7,000 laps on his first stint. (laughs) He didn't. Bizarre. But genuinely, I don't know. Do you guys think that George will get a point before the end of the year? Well, uh, I'd hope so. I don't. I don't necessarily think he will. And yeah. I mean, Imola maybe, but it just depends on track position, right? This is not. An, it's not a track that is going to be fantastic for overtaking, and we're only yeah. seven days uh, or less away for, from that race. Um, but I think he deserves it. I'm not necessarily mm. sure the car. You know, the, the top ten. There has to be a lot of other people who crash out. It's going to have to be something to like a safety car or something opportunistic. Totally. Yeah, yep. but the guy can put it in the right spot. Someone who can't put it in the right spot, Nicholas Latifi, uh, he ruined Daniel Ricciardo's lap, didn't he? <laughs> if we think back to uh, to the pre-race, um, and uh, I don't understand why Williams let him out when they let him out, but uh, he blocked Daniel Ricciardo, and if you block Daniel Ricciardo, you listen to this podcast, you're, on, you're in the bin. You're in the Look, bin. He's, he's still our favourite Canadian on the, on the, tra- on the group, so... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Says a lot, doesn't it? That's uh, all about he's got going for him at the moment. Williams, though, the new owners there, uh, trackside as well. As I said last podcast, we haven't really heard peep from them, so they're doing good things, and uh, we yep. hope they continue in that forward direction. Haas, uh, Grosjean collecting so much data in 17th after receiving 70,000 black flags for track limits. <laughs> Seriously, he's going for a record. unbelievable. And Kevin Magnussen ahead in 16th. I mean, it's got to be pretty demoralising, I guess, when you lose your seat. Someone, and K-Mag I'm talking about here because... As I said, Grosjean's been sort of indicating that he's going to yeah. lose it for a long time. But yeah. um, K-Mac for the first lap every race pretty much this year has made up a huge amount of positions. And this race he didn't. He wasn't mm. uh, anywhere near making up those positions. But they were very average this weekend. No surprise with the Ferrari power unit. 
Um, someone who was an average, though, Kimi Raikkonen <sighs> in Alfa Romeo. And I want to just jump Alfa straight Romeo. to them. Now, Giovinazzi finished in 15th. And uh, as is. I said before, I don't really care whether or not he stays uh, or not. But uh, at least they're giving him some consistency alongside Kimi, yep. I guess. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so hats off to them for doing that. Well, he's, he's done better this year. Yeah, he hasn't been absolutely year. smashed. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he's had some opportunistic yep. kind of moments, but nothing special. That's good. Yep. But Kimi, Kimi oh, oh, that first lap, Campy. Tell us about the first lap. Yeah, we spoke about it at the start. He made up what eleven positions on lap one. Incredible. Ten, yeah. About ten positions. Yeah, 10, 11. Mate, made a killer joke about it after the race too. And he's such moving a on. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately for him. If he had done that in a car that's half competitive, yep. I mean, he's he's scoring points. Um, he was so unlucky not to get a point. Oh, and he was on Seb. Yeah. But this is I what mean, I'm talking about with that Ferrari not being the same as Charles. Yeah. Like, like, you know, they're we'll, both quality we'll drivers. Get the we'll get to Ferrari. Let's just talk about Kimmy. Go on then. Guy's a great benchmark for Giovinazzi. Yeah. Um, he will teach him a lot off the track. I know Kimmy has a personality outside of the car, which we all love. The Finns, they're a great race of people. Just quality individuals over there. But uh <laughs> <laughs> No, but he's he'll be good in a team environment. I totally. think that's why he's staying on. Yeah. He's still look, as much as he comes across as laid back and just does this for a hobby, he genuinely is a racer. Oh, he still yeah. wants to be here. If he didn't want to be an F one, he's got plenty of other better things that he could and would and can do. Yeah. But he's still here. He still works hard at it. I mean he's still Taking what, two hundred and fifty flights a year, yeah. which is which is hard work and it takes its toll if you've mm. done it for many years. So the fact that he's going to stick around next year says that he's a racer at art and he still wants to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's good for any organisation that he's in. Yeah, big time. And he's he's good for Alfa Romeo. And in twenty twenty two, when the regs change, we may see some of the progress that he's done behind closed doors yeah. to improve that team. One can only hope. One, one thing that we didn't mention at the beginning of the podcast is his video with Giovinazzi going around the Nürburgring, <laughs> the proper Nürburgring this time I'm talking yeah. about in that Alfa Romeo. Oh, oh, man, that was one of the funniest videos I've ever seen oh, of Kimi Raikkonen because he was just trying to get like, oh, Oh, and just like not looking where he was going and accelerating hard going, oh, oh are you feeling okay there? Gio's like, oh, oh, this really sucks. Please look where you're. Kimmy, Kimmy. He was having the best time so and good. that made me very happy. It was, good to, it was good to see. So I think when we were talking at the beginning of the year, as you said, Tommy, earlier, we were like, yeah, we don't think he's going to continue. He was he's legitimately not enjoying himself. Mm. Fast forward really probably from Magello onwards, mm-hmm. he's, he's – Attitude has changed um, yep. and the team has changed and the direction has changed. So if Ferrari can, you know, unstuff themselves with this motor and use all their credits to get a good motor for next year and the customer teams get the same kind of equipment, then yep. he might actually have a better year next year totally. and, be, and be up sort of closer towards that McLaren mid-pack, which is great. We, we want, I, you know, well, maybe not Daniel Ricciardo and McLaren, yep. but I want them to be closer together. Jeez, it wasn't too long ago that we were watching that Alpha go around with uh, Leclerc in it, which made... Kimmy and uh, Leclerc swap. That's how yep. good it, that car was. Yeah. So put a good power unit back in it, and we're talking competitive. So. And Ericsson was fantastic then as well. You know, every, yeah. everyone talk about someone else who was who mm. suffered in, in the wrong car for such a long time, like Nico Hockenberg was Ericsson. Yep. He was around for ages. Great driver. Yeah, Ericsson took the line spot. Yeah. Pascal spot. And Pascal should have been, should still oh, be should in still be. Yeah, 100%. But Ericsson had money and he stayed around. So. Yeah. Anyway, well, let's talk about uh, Alpha Tauri, the other Alpha. Uh, Kvyat, really, ju- I, he's checked out. 
as far as I'm concerned. 19th this time around. Uh, Gasly, yeah. though, fifth. And I can't believe that Thomas J. Camp, officially known as Thomas J. Camp, actually said driver of the day <laughs> for Pierre Gasly. Uh, but, well, boys, he, and he had a stunning race. He really did. This, this is what yeah. happens when a team comes around a driver and supports him. Uh, mm. And he didn't have that on Red Bull. He had lots of pressure here. The pressure was taken off. You know, they're calling him the king of Monza, which is not true. But, he, yeah, okay, he won the race because of a whole range of significant <laughs> lucky events. Oh, the internet. Oh, no. <laughs> the internet. But... <laughs> He is being consistent. <laughs> fifth is great. For an Alpha oh, Tauri, no, fifth. Mate. Man, so Look, good. He, had, he hasn't done anything since his win. Right? This is the first race he's done anything since his win. So he needs some, some consistency, but he's, he's genuinely, I'll give him some credit, he's extracting some pace out of that car, which Kvyat cannot. Yeah. And... Uh, all credit to him. Yeah. I think he needs to get out of Red Bull and go somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Just for his future and his yeah. future outlooks. If he goes and performs on another team, we'll give him some credit in the paddock. Totally. And you never know, he may just pick up a top spot again. Mm. We hope he's yeah, good on him. But he needs to get out of it, in my opinion. Yeah, I this couldn't agree more. So is this the last time we're going to hear you in qualifying when you're like, watch Kivya, he's going to come and smoke him in this next lap? <laughs> 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 you love your boy Kvyat. He's just yeah, not that's performing. Like, that's like my stock standard. Hamilton dies in yeah. term one yeah. joke. <laughs> we can all hope. Never happens. We can only when hope. I say die, people, I mean just crash yeah, out yeah. in turn one. Clearly. I don't Rosberg, actually mean no. Rosberg appearing on track suddenly. <laughs> so in his, he's nicked his dad's Porsche off of Nico Hulkenberg off yeah, track. He's gone duck him. hunting for the weekend. <laughs> oh, there's a Lewis. <laughs> there it is. Oh, there man. it is. Well, look, Kvyat's not going to hang around in Alpha Tower. I think that's pretty much a foregone conclusion. No, um, right. But, uh, you know. I think one Russian goes out this year and another one comes in next year. Yeah, not the same team, though. Yeah. Oh, we're always going to have a Russian in the grid. <laughs> when there's a Russian race, there'll be a Russian driver. Well, Just why like is there Australia a Russian went. race? There shouldn't be. It should be Portimao and, and not Sochi. We should have a there Portuguese driver. Be, but, you know, there's a few... There's a, there's quite a few dodgy dollars floating around in Russia, is and there? they've got money to spend know. on things like an F1. I reckon we should have a fair bit of fun in Sochi, the three of us. I reckon we could. <laughs> yeah, we should go there. That'd be that? a lot of fun. But you guys have experience yeah. being in a gulag, so maybe we'd have some fun. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about. Yeah, I know what to say and what you can't. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, also, I know how to dodge the rules. McLaren, <laughs> McLaren this weekend. Now, I was lucky enough to uh, inverted commas win a competition um, to have uh, the slipstream experience of what the McLaren sponsors get uh, with the virtual world. It was really interesting, actually, an hour before the race or leaving up to the start time. Um, he didn't cut the boys into this either. He, uh... No, well, but he didn't bother entering. It was just me. You know, I could only share it to one person. Look, it was it was good to Who'd listen. share it with? My, sorry, I couldn't share it with anyone. It was only a one oh, person right. view. Um, it was good. Have you got another podcast? Who? Hope it was fun. Have you got other mates? We? No, I don't have mates, but I just have people who I pay hey, to come you know, on podcasts. I, 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 can see, I can see into the future, Tommy. You know what's going to happen. James is going to get his own bloody motorsport TV show. And it. man, you are going to be left in the wake behind him. Listen, if we get tickets somewhere, I'm fine with it. Fly on. Yeah. final shutdown. And it can just, be James and the other guys. Except for when you get free stuff at Paddocks and there'll be someone oh, yeah. else as the cameraman following you around and going, please, yeah, I'll be there to say. Yes, please. Yeah. Uh, I'm already here, hands out. <laughs> Can I please have a pass and a beer? Thank you. Anyway, shout out to McLaren. It was it was really good uh, to see some good on, online content. Um, they had um, 
the guy who's head of their operations track side. And it was really good behind the scenes content. So that was really great. Um, Carlos though, finishing in sixth, man, he had an incredible start. The, the, obviously the tires were yeah. alive more so than the Mercs mediums. And unfortunately uh, that was undone a couple of laps later, but guys, he really drove that oh. car so bloody well, that first opening lap. Tommy T, what did you think? Uh, I was like hoping he could keep it going, but yeah, unfortunately it was short lived because it was on those softs. I think it was a lot to do with those mediums definitely not switching on on this fresh surface, yeah. like it can be said. There is a lot of oils coming through because what was it? Only a month since it's been laid, maybe not even. Yeah. But very, oh. very, very fresh. But I don't know. To put those moves on was oh. very impressive. That It wasn't easy to get past. It was still some no. good moves. Um, yeah, unfortunately just couldn't hang on, but still a great drive. And says a lot about what we were saying last year in terms of his, you know, most improved, best of the rest driver. Yeah. He really showed that because like Kimmy, you know, it's about car control and about putting in the right place at the right time. And the fact that he got yep. past Max Verstappen, Valtteri Bottas and Lewis Hamilton, you know, that even with slower tyres, those guys are hard yeah. to get past, right? They know oh, how to place yeah. that car on the grid. Yeah. Um, I was I was so pleased to him because he's not going to have anything like that in Ferrari next year if Sebastian Vettel's car yeah, is the one totally. that he's jumping into. Yep. Yeah, I think, uh, look, they qualified really well. They had a really good qualifying car. I don't think there was a, there was a time where I thought Sainz would actually finish behind Daniel Ricciardo, mm. but that didn't eventuate. Um, but it was a good result for them. I mean, this constructor's uh, title between McLaren... Uh, uh, Racing Point and Renault? Racing Point and Renault is getting really tight. Yeah. So these points are starting to matter. And... Um, I think there's only 10 points in it yeah. between the three. It's really close. But yeah, Sainz was good. Uh, Lando, on the other hand, he wasn't. Well, he, he suffered did get under. Hit. He did yeah, suffer he did under Lance Stroll. Yeah. He ended up pitting three times. Yeah. Yeah, which is a shame. Yeah. Um, he, Lando hasn't been the driver this year that he was last year. Yeah. I think the beginning think of the year. He started really was, well. Yeah, but, and then it's yeah, kind but of. Sainz, but Sainz has picked it up. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the last seven qualifying, Sainz has beaten him six times. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a telling fact. Qualifying, although it doesn't pay points, it is a really good reflection of how quick you are against your teammate. Big time. That's ultimately what you, one of the things you judged on. So, mm. um, yeah, Carlos is, I think, yeah, it was a good result for him. It was a good result for, the, for him, I think. Um, and a good result yeah, for but, the team, to be honest. Yeah, but they didn't, they never looked like they were, Hunting for a podium no. or the fourth or the fifth. They were the top of him and Perez were the top of that midfield battle. Yep. I mean, between those three it teams. Was, it was literally a safety car away from shaking it up and they couldn't mm. have a chance. It yep. was just Leclerc managed to get that gap and then pitted into that gap and managed to hold on. And we're at the stage in the season too. We don't know what McLaren has done in terms of development for the car. They may have left it halfway through and said, well, right, we're going to concentrate next on next year. year. Now, we know there's some issues with uh, how many upgrades you can bring to the car next year, and McLaren already have to use a lot of their tokens on a on an engine just because they're changing supply. So that limits the development in other areas of the car. There are ways around it. Teams are starting to use developmental flaws for next year, this year, and they can use it under the guise, next year under the guise of, oh, it was a part we used last mm. year. Um, so there's there's a way around it, but I think yep. McLaren, I think they've dropped off from that mid-pack in the last three or four races mm-hmm. to the point where I think from a common-sense perspective from where they were at the start of the year to now, I think they're the third-best team in that Renault, 
Racing Point, McLaren Battle. Yeah. Mm. But I think they're concentrating a bit on next year to get yeah. the car right for next year. Well, and I think there's only so much you can do until you get that new power unit. Uh, yeah. There's yeah. a lot of changing yeah. with that. Like, everything comes off that, basically. So so it wouldn't surprise me if they're putting a bit of development interest into next year totally. instead of this yeah. year. I mean, what have we got left? Four races? Yeah, it's five races, which is not a lot, really, when you're thinking about, you know, the weird... Bahrain doesn't count, so... Or Abu Dhabi, you mean? Abu Dhabi, sorry, yeah, yeah. that's what I mean. Uh, no, you're right there, for sure. Uh, well, look, I, I'm excited for next year. I'm excited for the Mercedes power unit in that car. Ooh, yeah. um, I, I don't know when, you actually, when they actually get access to the motor and they can start mm. building the car around it because obviously, you know, it's, it's, it's this whole process, but look, good, good for them. Uh, obviously from a, from an Australian point of view, uh, I say obviously not that obviously, but Bathurst 1000 happened last week and um, our mate Zach Brown has an interest in the Andretti United uh, yeah. um, Walker Shaw sure. uh, entry, entry. Um, which was, which is good to see him uh, on the screen. He was at the mountain too. Well, virtually. Yeah. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and he and he On said Zoom. and he was like, you know, Carlos has driven this car and there was probably crickets around the V8 paddock and he was like, Carlos signs <laughs> and I was like, Oh, Formula One gets mentioned at Bathurst. <laughs> so I was happy about that. Uh, but Bathurst was good for for us. Shout out to the uh, the Aussies or anyone else around the world who watched watched that race. It was a good way great of race. spending spending Mate, a weekend. Suck to say no fans on the hill. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Almost as sucky as watching shut down of the Craig Lowndes' drive oh, being mate. slammed into the wall by a rookie error. <sighs> oh, mate. Yeah. Anyway, mate. we're not we're yeah. not a V8 Supercars podcast. We could easily be. Uh, but, yeah, McLaren doing really well. All right, so about Ferrari. Uh, and as I said at the beginning of the podcast, and now is the time to talk about it, uh, Sebastian Vettel and Charlotte Clue were not driving the same car this weekend. And they weren't mm-hmm. last weekend. And I don't think they were the weekend before that or the weekend before that. Um, nope. It's just been... This is as school childish as you can get or high schoolish as you can get with the complete and lack of regard for Seb Vettel being able to score decent points with this team and they have just dropped him like it's hot. And I, you, you can call me conspiracy conspiracy theorist or what, but this is proof. This guy is a phenomenal driver yep. who is just unable to get this car sorted out somehow in 2020, did in 2019, was very close to the front to Lewis in 2018. You don't just get crap like that overnight or in this no. case over two years. Campy, what do you think the hell is going on in this team? Oh, we've said it. We've said it every week. They're not driving the same car. Seb came out after uh, qualifying this week and said Leclerc is on another level. Yeah. He's operating a different, you know, different universe to where I am at the moment. I just don't understand how Seb, the quality of driver that he is, yes, there's some confidence which can obviously have an effect on your times, but, I mean, look back to pre-season testing. I mean, same, they're in the same car. They were, they were toe-to-toe on lap times. For him to drop off so much and fundamentally not as a lot of change, not a lot has changed on that Ferrari since the start. I just don't. There's something else going on, but we've seen this Ferrari. They've got a history of it. Yeah. So it doesn't surprise me. It's a shame. I mean, it's not a good look for Seb no. and his brand. Um, but it makes Leclerc look good. And as I said last time, I was pretty critical of the of the optics of this and the and the PR department of Ferrari and the way that they go about business to make it look like their decisions are the best. Yeah. This is what it is. Mm. And I don't like saying it. No, I hate to say it, really, but yeah, I genuinely think the fans are pretty cluey on this now. I don't think Seb's being seen as 
a terrible drive. I think everyone's kind of aware that Ferrari's thrown him under the bus and watched like the first handful of races of him in an Aston and he's going to be giving it to Stroll and we're going to say, oh, oh. Seb is good. We were yeah. right. Like yep. The issue it. I think is here is that he's sort of taken Perez out of that certainty in racing point slash Aston Martin and people are going, well, you're looking at someone like Perez who's fighting up towards the front and Vettel who's fighting down towards the back and you're like, here's the guy who's replacing him. Well, yeah, yeah. that's fair enough to say that now, but unless they're in the same car side by side, you can't, you can't that's not a, it's not a good comparison. So, yeah, yeah I, I, I'm excited for Seb to get out of that environment. Oh, I think he is I too, to be perfectly honest. Oh, man. I hope he opens up about it, to be honest. I don't know if he if will, I'm though. Seb, if I'm Seb, I'll just go, you know, stuff these last four races. Just going to go and take an early Christmas. Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. What's the point in hanging around? No. Just and that'll, take a know, leaf out of Kimmy's book, do the race, go have some beers. He's handled this He's handled this season like a, a consummate professional. Yeah, he has. Not came out and rubbished the team, which young Seb would have. Young mm, Seb oh, and yeah. Seb of today is two different people. Yeah. Which he's which he's learned, which is a good thing. Yep. But I want him to go back to the Seb of the you know yeah, two thousand nine to 2013-14 era. Yeah, you know you get to see what we think. I think he will ultimately do that at some stage, whether it be a book or a tell-all interview, mm. or maybe as soon as his Ferrari contract ends, he's just going to come out and blast Bernardo. <laughs> uh, I think I said, I think I said in our pre-season predictions that this will be the. The, our version of the Kardashians in the F1. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow, what a reference but, uh, coming from Cam. Uh, surprise Camby knows what the Kardashians are. I couldn't tell you who they are <laughs> if they lined up. But, I mean, everyone knows that Kim chick because she's married to Kanye. But the other ones, <laughs> I've got no... That other, those other ones, I wouldn't have a clue who they are. Their lips all look the same. And, oh, <laughs> Bums look the same. Campy like, on what? pop culture, man. <sighs> this is E Network with Campy. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> Thanks for joining anyway. us. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not the first time that's happened. Sorry. Getting back to Ferrari. Oh, yeah, it's good. a shame to see it, but it, yeah, it hasn't eventuated the way we would like it no. to see. But Drive to Survive could be interviewed. Oh, uh, could be interesting I next year too. I can't wait for that series. That uh, is I don't be care about juice. watching TV on Netflix, but if Seb comes out and blasts them, well then good. That's what we're all going to watch yeah. it for. Juice. Juice. Uh, racing juice. point. Now, this is really, like, if you put Seb next to Perez, everyone would have been like, all right, fair enough. He's suffering this year, but at least next year he's going to be in a good car and Checo gets a seat. The fact that Lance Stroll is still, you know, people are still trying to defend him and Otmar needs to just settle the hell down here. Mate, you got a job, all right? To be honest, I'm not trying to give him a job. knows what side his bread's buttered Oh, yeah, but seriously, get off the pole, Otmar. He's not going to criticise the boss's son. No, but every time they throw to him in a live broadcast, and it always seems to be that he's the guy on the pit wall rather when it's oh, his team time. going yeah. into the crap, um, it just becomes combative and it's just not good television. But anyway, the, what it, it is what it is. But the fact that Lance Stroll even exists on the grid still frustrates me. The guy has no idea. Yes, I think Max was slightly at fault with the first crash, um, but he was definitely with Perez. With Pe- no, with uh, with Lance in terms oh, of I in hundred percent Stroll. You would, but that's fair, fair <laughs> enough, right? <laughs> But with Lando, with Lando, mate, we saw Perez go around the outside and show us the line that you could take. We saw yeah. Stroll go around the outside and completely stuff it because there was just oh, yeah. no room. Left. It just There's just no common sense. A, if you go onto the F1.com website and you look at all of the driver profiles and their pictures, just go and look at 
everyone, and you pick the person who looks the least interested to be there. Hint, it's Lance it's Stroll. Like black-haired version of Jimmy Neutron. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> but he whinges. He's not quick. All of this defense about him. Mate, your yeah. dad's bought you a team, and it frustrates me that we're now looking at someone like Hulk not having a drive over someone like him who doesn't deserve it. Yeah. This, this sport sometimes frustrates the hell out of me. But anyway... We all know that he's going to be around for the next 10 years so long as there, but dad needs to make a, like a leadership call here, separate the family thing out. Campy said this years, uh, m- sorry, months ago, just get rid of him. He just has no idea what he's doing on the grid, nor does he really care that he's there. Just Let's make be him a reserve <laughs> driver. Then he can flood around and go to every race and be a playboy and then just drive Look, once every year or so. <laughs> we know what we're going to get from Stroll. When he get these races where he outperforms the car and he drives really well. But then it's so inconsistent. Mm. You've got to wait four or five races for it to happen and these young mistakes, which we should be critical of this weekend. You can see the track limits. Oh, constantly. A couple of crashes. But, you know, he had, he had a race off last time due to due to being sick and he's trying to get up to grips and he's trying to rush it. Let's quickly jump he into that. Exp- he, sh- he should be experienced enough now to, to not make these mistakes. Yeah. I actually think the making of that kid will bend him for a year. Sit out. Look at what you're missing out on. Go and drive something else to keep your skills up and keep your, I don't know, what are your reaction times sharp and all that stuff. Go and sit out for a year and realise what you're missing out on. Sounds like parenting advice from Campy. (laughs) (laughs) Telling daddy's trying to make him sit out. Unfortunately, he's probably grown up in a generation where they weren't parented. Yeah. But um, quickly on that. So, sorry, it's a fuck. That's a different. So good. I love it. But he probably had his own little credit card at five. All right, Tommy T. What were you going to say? This whole COVID, not COVID, COVID, not COVID sickness business. Mm. Very, very uh, interesting stuff. Sketchy. And I think Otmar's got a bit to answer for there. Sketchy. Yeah. This whole industry is relying on everyone doing the right thing, following the right procedures, and then we've got someone who's sick showing. Potential COVID signs, and they don't test him because potentially they don't want him to have to quarantine there without getting home first. Just, I don't know. Full stomach? Yeah. Well, <laughs> but basically any sickness, just test. They managed to get Hulk a test and know within a couple of hours that he was right to drive. So you have yeah, the it was almost immediate for Hulk. We have the technology. Just bloody do it. I don't yeah. know. Very no, sketchy. And there's still no no clarity on if it, he actually had it, he didn't have it. No, nope, sketchy. He had it and they lied about sketchy. it. There it is. Let's talk yeah. about Renault. Uh, Danny Rick had a miserable timeout this this weekend, didn't he? Just wasn't being, didn't wasn't able to put it together rather and and qualifying Ocon. I blame Ocon for him spinning out and uh, <laughs> ruining his time or his ability so to go out. Campy, do you reckon he was going for a two stop and then pulled the pin and said no? Nah. Uh, I just think it was whatever happened. He, I mean, you never know. The tyre wall on one of the tyres. I mean, that first stint that he did on the softs, he had no pace. For him to make up ground where he did at the start was shows the class of the guy, but those tyres had zero pace in mm. them, whether it had something to do with the crash. But he still out, he still beat Ocon, and Ocon got him on track. Yeah, but big bloody deal. <laughs> he started in the mediums and had the... And the advantage. The, uh, well, that's the thing. Had the advantage. Yeah. So if DR didn't get through into Q three, he probably would have been better off with tire yeah. choice. Yep. Yeah. I mean, look, DR's a star. We know that. But Renault was off this weekend. Yeah. yeah. Renault. 
Reno haven't they, this weekend they weren't the same team that we've seen for the last four to five weeks. So they've been right up there and quick. Yeah. But this track didn't suit the Reno. No. No. If I mean you look at the you look at the racing point, that is a carbon copy of last year's Mercedes. Mercedes was lightning quick this weekend. Oh. Like pants like, red bull. Lapped everyone. Like, yeah. Dropped them dropped them like they were nothing. And it, I've got no doubt to the reason why the racing point was quick this year too because yep. they're fundamentally the same cars, yeah. uh, same same concepts. So uh, we may just have been lucky to see that Renault have had really good tracks that have suited their cars for the last four to five weeks and the results have shown it. Yeah. Um, I mean, good on Ocon. He came out and said, yeah, I finally beat Danny Ricciardo. It wasn't on merit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it wasn't because he did anything right. No, yeah. It was just that Danny, Danny Rick and Renault had a bad a bad day, and he still got beaten by him in qualifying. So. Credit to Ocon, though, for managing to stay out for the 7,000 laps on the original mediums that yeah. he was on. But, I mean, that's his tyre management, isn't it? So totally. okay, he can manage the tyres, totally but we know the Renault isn't, doesn't yeah. use tyres as aggressively as other cars on track. Renault have done that five for six times to... Danny Rick over the last two years left him out so long. And so oh, they were just praying for a safety car and it never came. Whereas every other race this year, I feel like the safety cars come at the wrong time for Renault. Yeah. This time yeah. it just never came. You're like, we were so ready for you. Oh, frustrating. Yeah, it was pretty. Yeah. And considering last fortnight with uh, the highs of the podium, with kind of, yeah, it felt oh, a bit yeah. short, but that's all right. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Red Bull. Any news on the tattoo? No, well, he's got two Australian designers apparently. Uh, well, I think they're Australian <laughs> on it. So. You can just imagine Danny Rick dumping like 50K to design it. Sure. Oh, yeah, he would. <laughs> and good on properly. him. Why the hell not? Let's talk about Red Bull. Um, we look, we've said that Albon just hasn't been there. I think he kind of knows it in himself now that he's, he's not going to go anywhere soon. And he, uh, sorry, he might be leaving this whole sport soon. He's not going to yeah. necessarily stay in that Red Bull seat. Um, <laughs> Genuinely. He came 12th. You know, he, he, he qualified fairly okay. And, you know, he had the ability to put it up there and keep it up there. As I said at the very beginning of the podcast, you know, look at Daniel Rick, his opening lap. He's just squeezed Albon out of the way and was like, see ya. In yeah. a car that is effectively slower in every single way, well, especially around this track. That, I made the that. point in the Discord, like, bloody Norris had three pit stops, was hit, and ended up only being 15 seconds behind yeah. Albon on his, like, desired strategy, basically. Yeah, it was odd. Not Man. good enough. Got lapped by his teammate. Yeah. And they're all like, <laughs> never now it's designed. just, it's an, we, have to, see, we have to see if he can hold on to the back of Max's, you know, um, gearbox. It's like, yeah, after being blue flagged. Should have been, should have done that already. Shouldn't, shouldn't well, have to. Can I just say, I've been saying this for 18 yeah. years. Yes, Campy, we know. You yes, you're very right. But no right one is here. ever going to be as good as Max is kind of what we were hoping. Welcome to Oz F1 where yeah. Campy's always correct and Tommy and I have no idea what we're talking about. I think, Cheers, boys. do you think it would be interesting <laughs> to see? Most of the comments would back me up. <laughs> What about <laughs> Albon versus Gasly back at AlphaTauri? Well, that'd be interesting, and I think yeah, be I think I that's be. what should happen. I don't think yeah. Sonoda should come up. I think Albon should be given the opportunity to show that he has that right. And he look, he did. Toro yeah. Rosso last year. Think about China. He drove the wheels off that bloody thing. Yeah. It was an incredible performance by a guy who was in a car that suited him and had a good team around him. Mm-hmm. That's what needs to happen. Yeah. He'll have a much better time in Formula One. There'll be a bit yeah. of beef probably between him because of what happened, you know, and the fact that he took Gasly's seat. But now totally. that Gasly's outperforming in the AlphaTauri. I reckon he would probably be like, can you put me back there, I please? reckon that would be a fun competitive kind of battle between those two drivers. That would be good to see. Yeah, and it also allows Red Bull to develop their junior pool 
yep. as you were saying, you know, they're, because they're both still younger drivers. They haven't necessarily been around forever and Albon mm. only came in last year. So put him back and let him grow. Yeah, I think he deserves that. He's a nice enough guy off track too that, you know, yeah. says that he should be afforded that opportunity. However, we know what Karen's like, so it's probably unlikely to happen. <laughs> uh, but Max Verstappen, guys, oh, superstar, isn't nice. he? Really? The fact that the car just wasn't yeah. as fast as the Mercedes, but he still <laughs> was oh. putting it up there. That guy must be so bored just sitting around going, cool, third's the best I can do. You're not wrong. What interested me over the weekend was Mercedes and the Mercedes social media admin, maybe not necessarily thinking this was going to be picked up as much as it was. Uh, But uh, he's saying that um, Max Verstappen is welcome to test a Mercedes at any time. Sorry, VB. Are you our other driver? We don't remember. (laughs) Yeah, that was a bit of a... They actually say Oh, yeah. Yeah, because they were talking about... That's just some guy on Twitter, though. Someone saying, you know, the the question was, is Red Bull closing the gap to Mercedes in terms of development? And Max said in the the, uh, interview, well, we'd really need Lewis to drive the Red Bull and me to drive the Mercedes to be able to show that, yes, the person progression has been made or not, you know, and then it shows, you know, maybe one of us is better or whatever. Um It'd be interesting to see Lewis in a Red Bull, actually, considering you know his, totally. the, whole, the whole car is set up differently. But, geez, dream team. Max oh. Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton in Haas together. Just Chase Carey's <laughs> last decision. Genuinely, I'd still back side. those two in to get podiums in a Haas oh, yeah. with that terrible power unit. Give me a break, boys. <laughs> All right, well, let's talk about Mercedes and then we can talk about Fantasy League. Uh, so, Lewis, obviously, uh, you know, we said this last time around, he, he equaled Michael Schumacher and he's an incredible driver. He beat the record. Yep. 92 wins. Bloody fantastic. Yep. If you put all of his seconds and thirds together, it still doesn't count the number of firsts that he's got, which is a stupidly good statistic <sighs> to have. Wow. Yeah. Good on him. I had a really beautiful moment with his dad. Oh, it was so yeah. nice. So. And you know what my favorite part was? His dad got his iPad out and took photos and a video on his iPad. <laughs> like dad's <laughs> You dad's. want to have a real dad moment? You take footage on your iPad. Get a phone. No, it was, it was <laughs> nope. a beautiful moment. Hey, we're witnessing history. He's, oh, man. He could go on. He could go on to win another. Yeah. I, but 15 I, to 20 and... Yep. I love his dad because I think, you know, he pushed when he needed to push when he was a younger guy and he sort of let him go. He hasn't been that all-controlling kind of father figure mm-hmm. that we've seen a lot of other fathers been. I think Joss Verstappen is a similar vibe to what Max is, but I'm glad that he was able to be there. Uh, yeah, it you know, a bit of a tearjerker. It's good. It's good to have some emotion in this sport and everyone's mm-hmm. going, oh, it's boring. You know, it's this is what it was. Yeah, it was you know, a predicted podium like that, but good to have that kind of emotion there and Lewis actually spoke really well it wasn't just a flippant comment this time yeah, he yeah, actually was, was genuinely emotional which was really really yeah. good to see it was well thought out well said from the heart and it was genuine yeah. I and mean, it came across and so good that he was able to do that in front of fans as well he didn't say that we yeah. have the best fans in Portugal but you know <laughs> there's still time this year for him to say that no, but good, on, good on him good on him nah. indeed all right ripping well, race because he's, he's not going back there next yeah, year so correct. he does have to say. Let's talk about the Fantasy League uh, boys. We've had Do we some... want to talk about Valtteri or... No, not really. I'm he heartbroken just... for the guy. Man, he, he uh... had a ripping qualifying then Lewis like, I'll take that. Do you think he should have done three laps like Lewis did in Q3? Uh, I think so. I don't think Pole would have changed the result. I just think Hamilton's race pace, uh, he extracts something out of these tyres in this yep. car that, that Valtteri can't do in racing conditions. Yeah. Now, Valtteri's picked it up this year. I mean, the last seven races, I mean, the total qualifying is less than a tenth between the two of them yeah. if you add them together and subtract Man. them. I mean, the guy is lightning quick around one lap and he's taken it to Lewis. He's generally 
you're doing it. But for whatever reason, what Valtteri has to do to get the car in that position for qualifying dictates something to do for the race. Mm. You know? Makes the car oh, less of a good race car. Yeah. It's, Horrible English, and I'm sorry for that <laughs> sentence. <laughs> We're all tired. Um, yeah. Um, it's a shame to see. I think Valtteri's got a shot next year. Yeah. Uh, he needs to go back and reset, and he needs to maybe not worry so much about qualifying, strictly on race. Yeah. Qualify second, and he's got a chance every week. Yeah. If he qualifies second, he might get one or two qualifyings over Lewis, but he's got a chance every week. To beat him off the start, yep. and he, and I'll, that's what I'll be throwing all my attention to. And we know to. he's good with his starts. Yep. Yeah, he's look, mate, the guy. Look, I think it's it's a shame for the guy, but what the, do you, Lewis probably is the greatest driver of all time. Yeah. Right? What do you think would happen if VB got the soft that he wanted at that last pit stop? He would have fallen further back. <laughs> Max would have caught him. The sauce, yeah, the sauce just weren't activating. We saw that with Perry's, right? They would have died off front. He and probably he would have had faster slap potential is kind of, I think, what he was angling for. Yeah, but, I mean, realistically, though, is Mercedes have a a really good strategy department? It's not like Ferrari where Seb's yeah. the strategist and the engineer <laughs> and the driver. You know, VB has to acknowledge that Mercedes have got all the data and they're making the yeah. right decisions. So, yes, he's. I mean, he knows full well that that's what's going to happen and he's going to go into the same tyre. And we had this conversation. <laughs> Can I please have the softy he goes in there, put hard on He's like, damn it. Yeah, but I mean, is that not yeah, just him he's, saying he's, something out loud to get totally. some attention about it? Yeah, because yeah. he's starting to play games, he's, which is what we need him to do. He's gambling a bit. Yeah. He's going, whatever Lewis does, I'm doing Stop the opposite. It. Yeah, because <laughs> I have, you know, I have to. And yeah, unfortunately, the two decisions he made this weekend went against mm-hmm. him. Yeah, in his choices he made. Yeah, and anyway, his luck is going to come around at some yeah. stage, and when it does, he's going to do it. Rosberg and win five to six come on the trot, and we're going to go, geez. Great, love to so. see it. Yeah, so. we love VB. That would be awesome too. And you know, Lewis would probably love to see that too. To be honest, yeah. I know that he wouldn't win the yeah. championship, but he'd be like, "Good," because Val, because he's always complimentary of Valtteri. Mm. Fantasy. Fantasy. Now let's talk about the fantasy league. Uh, I have to say, guys, there is some. I haven't checked there it. Is some fa- What's going oh, just, on? You bloody wouldn't. Every bloody time we get to this segment, oh, I'm not interested. There are no, so haven't. many good names on this thing. There's about sixty people in it now. <laughs> uh, I've I've chosen a couple. Uh, this is my favourite part of the week. Is is just before the podcast, I go through and look at what we've changed names to. Um, Sebastian oh Farton, Jay Moore. <laughs> Ty Dollar Signs. <laughs> Art Reden. Love that. Expecto Patronus. Seriaka <laughs> from the U- from the US. What's the Expecto Patronus? It's a Harry Potter thing, man. It's, it's Harry Potter yeah, and Patronus. That's why I don't get it. <laughs> you guys are losers. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Grogon. A block. Grogon. <laughs> Dave Munnis just coming out with the goods every week. Oh, Stroll. <laughs> One, Leslie Walk, two, Muppet. <laughs> Kimmy, zero, giver of F-words. Hey, moral, well done. Uh, top three, Gasly on five. We have had no change. These uh, are Moxley, Jay Moore, and T. Bowden. Uh, Timmy Bowden, you guys are nailing in the top three spots. Well done, you. Um, Campy, you're 25th. Yeah, you're going further back, as am I. I'm in 20th. And Tommy T, good news. Uh, your team you don't have access to is slowly gaining on the team, uh, sorry, on us, at 45th. And the team you do yeah. have access to, 56th. You're almost last. Oh, yeah. 
How's, uh, how's Harrison Phillips going? Has he changed his name since last time? No song? idea. Don't really care because uh, every time I <laughs> know. He uh, he is he's outstanding. To be honest, all of you, everyone who is part of this F one fantasy league, basically is better than us. Um, <laughs> people who have leisurely walk is <laughs> his quality. <laughs> Dave Mullis just absolutely uh, killing it. Uh, and a shout-out to, to, to Dave and to everyone else on the Discord. Seriously, if you want a bit of fun for the weekend, uh, we've got an Oz F1 Discord, and instead of the three of us chatting via text message instead, we never, we've moved that across uh, on the Discord, and we've got other guys jumping in and having chat too. So if you're doing that already, thank you. We're loving it. It's, it's a lot of fun, and you get a bit of a glimpse into that uh, side of how we talk about race weekends. If you're interested in doing that, you'll see all the description below the link to be able to do that um join us and have a bit of fun and we also love your input uh we take what you have to say over the weekend and i form some notes and we and we have a bit of a discussion Campy tells you, you shut up <laughs> no, you guys, hey you guys know more about this sport than we yeah, do so. yeah. we just have the I'm platform just for the jokes we have the platform so uh look boys thank you so much i'm looking forward to imla because it's this weekend i'm not necessarily looking forward to the track yeah. but i'm looking forward to the condensed mm. weekend it's, no it's going to be really good to just get out there bloody do a qualifying session and go straight into the race. Uh, I'm predictions there's going to be a center tribute, I reckon. Well, during, uh, I mean, the there should weekend. be a center tribute for every bloody race this to be perfectly true, fair. But I reckon we're going to have a center. I think we're going to see Lewis Hamilton win Oof. again, which is a boring prediction. Yeah, yep. Doesn't, doesn't Zach Brown own that McLaren? Yet? Ooh, it might be one of yeah, it might be one of the ones that he does own. Interesting. He does have a McLaren center. I don't know which which one it is. Mm. Uh, no, I mean the F one. The um, car. The car. Oh, as in, uh, uh, sorry, not the actual McLaren center. <laughs> No, no, no. Of course he does. He's a CEO. He's got whatever he wants. He's got a speed yeah, so I'm, I'm taking that out tonight. Yeah, if you don't He's mind. Got too many Shawnee things on, I think. Um, uh, who owns it? Yeah, anyway, pretty, someone. It's either him or Jay Leno, to be perfectly honest, because their car collections are mega. Uh, but, <laughs> boys, we're not far away from being able to do another podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider subscribing if you're watching us on YouTube uh, and wherever you get this podcast, leave a review. Shout out to us on Instagram, on our website, on Discord. Boys, as always, it's been an awesome, awesome time reviewing this Grand Prix. Uh, and a big thank you to the boys at Entente for all the music, as always. Uh, we will see you in a week's time for the Imla Grand Prix. Uh, I, I met John Bow at um, uh, Camp No Fear last year. I snuck down to the island to have a, uh, get, grab a coffee. And he was down there racing Ferraris. Really? Yeah. God, mate, how are you? Get out of my Hello, I'm Thomas J. Camp from thomasjcamp.com.au. You might have heard of it. Have you ever heard myself call myself Thomas? <laughs> no, that's why I love What's doing it. It's my favourite uh, thing to do is call you Thomas J. Camp. And then do you only introduce once yourself as Campy? Yeah. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, mate, it's no good when people go, oh, is Tom your real name? It's like, fuck, psych. <laughs> <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network.